Um, it's uh, good to see you all. As uh, just a reminder that we all do need to wear masks as uh, the protocols are required for us to gather in church here. And so we are grateful to have you here in person. We are grateful to have you watching online and listening on FM 100.1 FM as we embark on our Advent season. And in this Advent season, our theme is darkness to light. And at this time, I'm going to ask my daughter Hannah Walters to come and share a reading with us and also to light our first Advent candle.
Maybe I should just hang it off the side. That looks nice. <laughs> so we come to our time of announcements. We have some birthdays and anniversaries that are coming up. Uh, Harry, who has been so kind as to play for us today, birthday coming up on November 30th. Happy birthday this week. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Zane Kenker as well, who is Scott and Brenda's grandson, Katie and Aaron's son, uh, November 30th, the same day. And then Bailey, uh, whose birthday is also coming up on December 4th. Happy birthday this week. Our Living Out Faith study carries on, and we have Thursdays at 10 in the morning, or also Sunday mornings at 9.15, and you're more than welcome to join us for this study. The study notes are also online. If you wish to self-study, you can. And if you wish to join us by Zoom, all you have to do is let me know in advance, and we'd be happy to set that up so you can be with us as well. And the series is all about developing godly attributes. We've been talking about the courage of Moses this morning. We've been talking about the audacity of the judges in our Thursday group. And so it's been a lot of good discussion and good times together. Coming up on December 12th, uh, Beth and I will be away as it's our anniversary. And uh, Jake Rivers will be coming to speak. And Jake has a real passion for children's ministry. And probably also fueled by the fact that he has three children of his own. And uh, Jake is a friend through Nate Arena, who has spoken here for us many times. So we're looking forward to having Jake come and speak for us. Um, remember that also during this time, we are going to be gathering food for the food bank. And um, there is a food drive that's coming up on December 11th as well. And so the various items on the food drive that we're looking for uh, are listed here. They're also on our Facebook page. You kind of probably have to go hunting for them. We'll get them posted on the website so it's easier to find those items. Uh, but there are specific things they're looking for, such as cereal, hot and cold cereal, cookies, instant coffee, canned fruit, cheese Whiz, soup, pancake mix and syrup, canned vegetables, crackers, granola bars, snacks for kids, and toiletry items. So you notice what's not on the list is chocolate. So if you have any chocolate, <laughs> turn that directly to me, and I will take care of it for you. Thank you. Of course, we also can give to the, both the food bank and to the Salvation Army uh, for their toy drive. And uh, we will have Donna Aker, a friend of mine, come speak next week about the Salvation Army and the work of the toy drive. We are continually encouraged to give to the ongoing work of God, to give to the kingdom work that we are part of, and we are called to do this duty. So let us now have a moment to pray for the tithes and offerings, the donations that have been given. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we are thankful for the blessings that you've poured into our lives. And Father, we think about the less fortunate, Father, with the way things are right now, there is a lot of need in the food bank, as we heard when Diane came and spoke to us. Father, there are a lot of families who are struggling to make ends meet. And the Salvation Army has so generously decided to help them out with toys, so that the kids can have toys at Christmas time, to bring some joy and delight, to show some love. Father, may we show the love that you have placed in our heart in the ways that we give, through food, through
through toys, through our tithes and offerings. Bless all of these efforts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As we come to our time of praying together as well, I wanted to let you know that there's a couple of people that we've added to our list today. Um, you can see our list is getting pretty extensive. This morning I received an email from Brenda McKibben, and her father, who is uh, Earl Bacher, is having some health problems and who is admitted into hospital. And so she's asked us for prayer for him. And um, he's had some health concerns, uh, started with COPD, uh, he's 88 years old, and so uh, his health is a little bit fragile right now, and so we want to be praying for him. Uh, Kevin Cook as well, uh, you'll see his name up on the list too, and Kevin is another cousin of Larry's, and he's a cousin to Steve Cook. So if you see the name up there, last name up there twice, uh, that's all part of the family there. And Kevin was away in Cuba and had uh, some sort of a bike accident, assuming motorcycle, um, that was uh, pretty uh, catastrophic. Um, he broke both his legs, with one arm as well, wasn't it? And some ribs. And uh, so he actually laid on the road uh, for about 10 hours in Cuba before he was found. Uh, got visited by a family of goats, Larry Joyce told me. Um, but they were unable to help. And so uh, fortunately some people came by and helped him out. And so he had to get flown back to Canada because the, they were not able to give him the help he required in Cuba. He is back, he's had surgery, but he has a long road ahead of him for healing and recovery. We're certainly grateful that he was found, um, that he came back safely and had the surgery. So that's another person that we're praying for. Uh, Roger Sandin, I've had the uh, pleasure of having a few phone calls with him. I touch base with him about once a week, and, uh, and uh, Roger is quick to say, well, this is my church, you know, Goshen Baptist Church. And, he uh, often does the snow plowing for us in the parking lot too, and, um, but he's been struggling with some health issues. He is uh, scheduled for surgery, or is going to be scheduled for surgery coming up that he needs to have, and so we want to continue to pray for him. He's had a cold this week, um, and I had a touch of something, so we didn't manage to connect, but um, we did talk over the phone. Um, Lyle Kraft is doing fairly well, and just a thank you on behalf of him and Elsie for our prayers. And Raymond LaRose is coming along a little bit, and so we continue to lift him up in prayer. Um, you'll see, of course, Christine Fruin, and uh, Christine is uh, related to Joan Marie, and uh, it's your sister-in-law, if I'm correct. And so we want to be praying for her as well. Kim McK or Brenda McKibben also let us know that Kim McKibben is coming along with her cancer treatments, but uh, she still needs our prayers, too. Um, those are some of the updates that I have with some of these people here. You notice the Lambert family as well. They've lost uh, a family member, Dwayne Thompson. And so Debbie let me know about this and asked me to keep their family in prayer. They've been, you guys have been through a lot of loss this we year. Had a terrible year. And if his name is actually Townsend. Yes. Townsend. Oh, Townsend. Sorry. That's okay. You're right. Yeah, and I don't know why I put Thompson because you told me it's Townsend. Sorry about that. 2021 is not very good. No, it's, it's been tough. And of course, the family of Wayne Ayers, as Wayne passed away, we want to be remembering them too. And so there are a lot of people to be praying for. Um, is there anybody else that we need to be praying for today that is not included? Him? Um, my friend Sam, her mom, Louise, recently got diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. Um, she just recently had a fifth spread um, 
I've known Louise for years, and uh, Sam and Hannah are friends all the way through school, so it's uh, Sam's mom, Louise, groom, and uh, who is diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Yes, Sam. Uh, my 24-year-old granddaughter is having her tonsils up on the 2nd of December. And what's her name? Javonna. Javonna Taylor. Javonna Taylor. Okay, Javonna Taylor's having her tonsils out at 24. I hope they, she still gets suckers and ice cream because I think that's the thing. <laughs> <Jello. laughs> and also, if it's not enough, we just got word this week uh, another cousin on the Lambert family. She's two years older than me. She lives in Florida and she's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And close. What's her name? Laura. 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 Laura yes. Hopkins is her name, but she is my Uncle Roy's daughter. Mm -hmm. Laura Hopkins. Yeah. As you can see, there are many, many needs around us at this time. And it's difficult any time of year, but it's especially difficult when it's Christmas when we think there should be so much joy, there's so much joy around us, and yet in the midst of it, there is this, this challenge, this difficulty that we struggle with. Is there anybody else that we need to be praying for today? I just wanted to share that our little granddaughter, Kendall, Great, thank you, Teresa. So Kendall, that we've been praying for, Kendall Parsons, is getting used to the braces for her legs, and every day is getting a little bit better, and so uh, we're so grateful to hear an update on Kendall that she's progressing well. Thank you. Good. Are there any other praise items that anyone would like to share? I'm pretty sure I heard really praise God for snow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might be the only one, but, you know, we, we, uh, we put up with it for Willie. <laughs> It's Katie too. She um, finally got a job, so she's going to be working at Goodwill. So hopefully that. Awesome. Prayers. Thank you, Brenda. So Katie Pitt got a job at Goodwill, and that's a praise item, of course, as well. Well, we have a lot to be praying about, so let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And as life often presents itself, our, our hearts are a mix of things. There are joys. And there is good news. We thank you for the ways that you bring healing into the lives of some of our family and friends. We thank you for the beauty of snow and for the opportunity for those who love it to play in it. Father, we thank you for the joy that you bring to our hearts, for the happy moments, for laughter, for friendship, for food, for homes. You really do surround us with many blessings. Help us not to take them for granted, Father. Father, we lift up to you as well those who are in need around us. And the needs are many. Father, we lift up to you today. Roger Sandman, Wildcraft, Kendall Parsons, Angela Mutri, Kim McKibben,
Stephen Cummings, Marlene Clemens, Laura Hawkins, the Lambert family, the Ayers family, Raymond LaRose, Christine Freeman, Albert Hardin, Lloyd Anderson, Dave Callahan, June Chambers, Jack and Audrey Woolen, Kevin Cuff, Earl Walker, Father, would you care for the hearts of those people? Would you care for their needs, we pray? Would you bring healing, whether it is healing of body or healing of heart? We thank you for your faithfulness, that you walk with us even through the darkest valley. Father, we also remember these other people that have been mentioned to us. Carrie's other cousin, Sam Groom's mom, Louise. And Father, there are others. And we look at the world around us, and even just in our own community. And we pray that you would be the light that we need, the source of our hope and love. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be your agents of care. Grant us the courage to pick up the phone and send a message, to reach out to others. Father, intercede, we pray. Bless our sister churches of Eden and Delhi. Bless the ministry that's happening there, we pray. And Father, be close to us in this Christmas season. As we remember the return of your Son, we pray that you would bring him alive once more in our hearts. He would rekindle the fire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
scripture this morning is Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Thank you, Scott. darkness in the world. And sometimes we 
can get caught up in the darkness. So what gets in the way of us having hope? What keeps us from having hope? Or what takes away our hope? Sin. Sin. Okay? Circumstances. Circumstances, like such as? A death in the family. Death. Sickness. Sickness. How about fear? Does fear get in the way of hope? We have this kind of dark scene for us. There's a forest, but it's very dark. And there was a time of darkness that the, the Jewish people went through. There's a period of 400 years of silence from when the last prophet spoke in the Old Testament. 400 years of never hearing anybody speak new words from God. 400 years of silence. Was there any hope for those people? The Israelites, they had some hope, didn't they? They had, they had been selected by God. And we think about Noah, who was selected as a righteous man, and then Abraham, who was selected as a righteous man. And there was some hope. God gave hope to Abraham and said, You will be the father of many nations. And many nations came about. As we remember the Israelites, they grew in the land of Egypt. And then were conquered, oppressed, made into slaves. So much for hope. Bad news came. But then they cried out to God and there was hope. God raised up Moses to come and deliver them to the promised land. And there was a sign of hope. But as they went from that place into this new promised land, there were challenges to their hope. What about food? Where would we live? There are people living in the land already. There are so many challenges that we have to face. This morning we talked about the first challenge they faced. They plundered the Egyptians. They left. And, and they're on their way. And they're all happy. They've got freedom. And suddenly there is a in front of them. Where is hope? When there is a giant sea in front of you and suddenly the Egyptians change their mind and they're chasing after you to run you down, to either run you through or run you back. Neither is good. Where is hope? And yet God provided hope, didn't he? The waters parted and they crossed on dry land. And they had renewed hope. But as they went into the land of Canaan, there were battles to be fought. There were struggles along the way. 400 years was a long period of silence for the last prophet. But we aren't quite there yet. There was also something else that happened. You see, they got into the promised land, but then they forgot God, and God allowed them to be oppressed. They forgot God, and God allowed them to be taken over. And they suffered under oppression, and God would raise up a judge who would set them free. And for a while they would follow God, and then they would forget about God, they'd become complacent, 
and their hope would fade again. Until finally, this series was broken. They had some kings, things seemed good for a while, but things fell apart in the end. They were taken into Assyria, into Babylon. Where was hope? A hope came. And they were restored. There was a new Jerusalem that was, a Jerusalem was renewed, a new temple that was built. And hope was there for a while. Then 400 years of silence. And if 400 years seems like a long time, how about 700 years of waiting? That seems like an awful long time to me. And waiting is difficult, isn't it? Especially when we're waiting in dark places. When we're going through a dark time, waiting is difficult as we wait for the light. But all we can see is the darkness. You see, it was 700 years before Jesus came that Isaiah prophesied these words. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. And it starts out with the people walking in darkness. Who are these people walking in darkness? What kind of darkness are we talking about today? Well, there is physical darkness. You know, we walk through this darkened woods, maybe. Maybe you've done that. It's not the safest place to be in the dark, is it? Especially if you're up north or something like that. You know, where there might be bears that would come along and eat you. I'm not happy about that kind of idea. I don't like the dark in general because I'm afraid of the dark. Um, spiders are in the dark. We were talking this morning about somebody has a fear of snakes. I have a fear of spiders. And they only grow bigger in the dark, right? Just because you've never seen an eight-foot spider doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just hides in the dark. Of course, the other time in the dark that we sometimes will wander around in is in the middle of the night when you get the call. And I don't mean a phone call. I mean the other call. You know what I mean, right? The call down the hall. And we don't want to turn on the light. Why don't we turn on the light? Because then you'll be awake. And so we take the risk. We walk through the house saying, I know my house. And your toe is going, don't do it. Don't do it. Remember what happened last time. Walking in the darkness is dangerous because things can get broken. You could knock something off. You could break a toe. That's physical darkness. But what about spiritual darkness? As this passage says, living in the land of deep darkness. These people were living in this land of spiritual darkness. Wandering around without the light. Why were they walking in darkness? Well, they had either lost the light, they one time had the light, but somehow they managed to lose the light. Like the Israelites, where they, they followed God for a while, they enjoyed His light, and then they got sidetracked into darkness. Then there were those around them who simply never had the light, who never knew Jesus Christ, who never knew God. They walked in darkness, deep darkness. 
There are people today that walk around in darkness. Maybe they are blinded to the light. Maybe they just won't see it. Maybe it's others that have blinded them. And my question that I'm thinking about today is, what do people in darkness put their hope in? I think they put their hope sometimes in other people. That somehow there's going to be somebody who's going to be the person that we need, who's going to save us from this mess. Maybe they put their hope in purchases. You know, if I just buy the right stuff, the right things, that will actually help me to have the hope I need in this life. People, purchases, or possibilities. You know, maybe if I just hope with all of my heart that the right thing will happen, then, then that will be good. All I have to do is hope in the possibilities. And so sometimes people are put up on pedestals, aren't they? Sometimes physically like this, but sometimes just metaphorically. And the problem with pedestals is they're wobbly. People are not meant to be put on pedestals, they will fall off them. And we've seen it time and time again. We've seen in the last few years that these people that were put up on pedestals as a memorial, those have been torn down. Those who have been put on pedestals have failed us. And then there is the, the presence of Christmas, right? You know, those, those things that we love to have, and we, we look forward to, to those kind of things. But things never really bring us the ultimate hope, do they? All the stuff that we think will somehow give us that ultimate satisfaction comes up short in the end. And those possibilities are just like wishes. You know, maybe it'll happen and we, we wish for it. Maybe somehow it's also empty. And people continue to walk around in darkness. Have you been walking in darkness? Do you lack light in your life today? So the reality is we all need real hope. And the hope that those walking in darkness cling, cling to is not enough. It's not going to do anything for us. It's just going to leave us wandering around in the dark, hoping for something better. Hoping for some light to finally come. And when you're in the darkness, and you're not happy being in the darkness, when you're in this position and period of waiting, that it's the dawn that brings hope. You know, if I'm out camping at night, if somebody should do something so horrible to me as to make me camp at night with those eight-foot spiders, you better believe I'm praying for dawn. The dawn brings hope. The light brings hope. When the angel appeared to Mary, there was this message that God had sent of hope, that God was sending a message of hope to his people. There had been 400 years since any messenger had come to his people. And this angel Gabriel appears to Mary with a message of hope. Mary's first response, it tells us in the scriptures, was that Mary was greatly troubled. 
I guess I would be too. Do you see how angels are often described in the Bible? Brilliant white clothes, these shining majestic beings, they suddenly appear, boom, or shazam as some might want to say, um, and there's this angel there, and said, the Lord is with you. Great. What does that mean? I'm just a kid. I'm pledged to be married to some guy who might have been an old guy. Who knows? Back in those days, she might have been 12. He might have been even in his 40s. You. But there was a message of hope. That this angel came and brought. And brought the message that she would be with child. And she would be the mother of the son of God. And there's a promise in this message of hope. And it's a promise we can cling to. As we look into the scriptures. As we trust in God. No word from God will ever fail. The hope of those walking in darkness. That are blinded. They don't know this hope. This is hope that we can cling to. No word from God will ever fail. But there is a key piece that's also here. And it's in Mary's response where she says, I am the Lord's servant. If you've been walking in darkness, it's time to make that step forward into the light. To say, I am the Lord's servant. Allow God to work. Walk through me. Work through me. Um, the scripture of Isaiah says that they had seen a great light. Those walking in darkness had seen a great light. Let's take a look at where this great light is in John 1, 1 to 4. Turn with me, if you will. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And here's how John opens his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light of all mankind. Jesus Christ is the light. And if you've been walking in darkness, then you are called, you're encouraged. John invites you to reach out and to know the light because Jesus is the light. When we are in darkness and unsure where to go, we turn to Jesus. As he says, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. How do we know Jesus is the light? How can we rely on Jesus being the light? Is Jesus the light we're looking for? I believe so. See, other people put their hopes in other things. Turn with me to Psalm 33. As we look at what it says about where we find our source of hope. And this reminds us that different people look for hope in different places. 
Psalm 33, starting at verse 16. No king is saved by the size of his army. Some kings might say have put their hope in the size of their army. The victory will be in numbers. No warrior escapes by his great strength. Look at what I've done. Look at what I can do. Some people's hope is in their abilities. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. There are many people in darkness around us, but our hope is in the Lord. The people in, that are walking in darkness are trusting in people, in purchases, and in possibilities. But our hope is found in a person, Jesus Christ. It's found in a promise of God's word. And it's found in the prophecy that was revealed when 700 years after it was made, it was made fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When the angels spoke to Mary. And there are a couple of things, there's a few things that I just pulled out of the story of, of, excuse me, of Mary and the angel. A few things that provide hope for me as well and reassure me about the nature of hope. And the first is that hope can arrive in unexpected ways. I don't think Mary was expecting an angel to show up and tell her that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. And remember what she said, I am the Lord's servant. And the seeds of hope grow best in the soil of a submissive spirit. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Can you imagine how much that would change our mindset if we were like Mary in that regard? Well, this morning, have you been walking in darkness? There's darkness all around, it seems, at times. Darkness that seeks to pervade into our lives. But our hope is in the light. For as that scripture reminds us that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. As the person of Jesus Christ, he is the light. The promise of God fulfilled in him, as we remember in this time of Advent. And the prophecy that we can cling to, not just of Jesus being born, but of Jesus returning once again as our victorious king. And we will reign with him. As the dawn rises once more in our hearts, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that there is hope. Father, we pray for those who walk around in darkness, whose hope is misguided and misplaced, who put their hope in other people, in their purchases, 
and some possibilities. But they don't know you. Would you help us to be the agents of your light, of your hope? Father, for those of us who are here, watching, listening, and going through a time of deep darkness, would you be their light? Would you remind them of the hope that is found in you? A hope that can never be taken away, will not spoil or perish or fade, and is kept in heaven for us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our light and our hope. Amen. Our closing hymn together today is number 244, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Please stand. Amen.